can make it, you can make it, you can make it, you can make it, you can make it. Never give up on your goals, you can make it. Never give up, even when you want the pressure, never give up. Don't you do it, you can make it, you can make it, you can make it, you can make it. Yo, what up? It's your boy Scalibur Zero, the music producer go with, and today I'm with my boy Adelante. Did I pronounce that right, right? Yep, yep. Adelante, who is a dope ass music producer, he's been doing music for a long time now. He recently raised his Instagram following from like I think you're like three or something thousand when I yeah. first met you or 2000 or something. And now you're up to like 11.6 or something like that, which is getting crazy, bro. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, tell people how you started to get into music and uh, yeah, your backstory. All right. All right. Well, what's up, everybody? Uh, first off, thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, for sure, bro. I'm super excited to be here. I've been like, you know, I've, I've, I feel like I've known you for yeah. like a while now. Um, but like, you know, it's cool to always link up, um, and just like chop it up with people you meet online and other music producers, um, who sure. are grinding. Cause I've definitely, you've been grinding, man. So uh, props to you. That, um, but yeah, so, uh, my name's Adelante, uh, of adelantemusic.com. I always feel like I got to throw that out there. Plug it, bro. Um, but yeah, so I'm from, uh, the Bay area in California, uh, specifically from Redwood city. Um, so we're, uh, well, I live here. I was born and raised here. Um, and then a little bit about me, my family's from Central America. My family immigrated from El Salvador in the eighties because of a civil war that was breaking out in El Salvador. So they picked up and left with my brother and sister Damn. moved to the mission in San Francisco. Um, and then from there, uh, moved down here to Redwood city. And that's where that's where I came out on the scene. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I feel like for me, what got me into music was uh, growing up in a household that actually like had a lot of music playing mm -hmm. um, and just kind of everywhere. And I always tell this story because I feel like my family, depending on who you talk to, was into a different type of music in our house. So like growing up, like my dad and still my dad's super into either like classical music or he's super into like Frank Sinatra and like the Rat Pack, like okay. uh, old crooner music. Um, right. And then on the flip side, like my mom, my mom's super into like dance music, like cumbias and salsas oh, and merengue, okay. um, all that stuff. So like anytime it was Saturday and it was time to clean, like you heard that music playing yeah, and you were Sailor like, Cruz in the background <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, you were yeah. like, yeah, like it's Saturday. We got to clean today. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my brother, he played guitar his whole life. So he grew up and he learned how to play guitar. So he was super into um, a lot of rock growing up. So like Jimi Hendrix, Guns N' Roses. Um, so he was super into that. My sister was into like, kind of like the R&B pop, like at a moment, like grunge, like okay. with like Nirvana and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And then I was kind of like, the 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 new one and bringing hip hop into the house and like you know that was that was a big kind of shakeup even though like <laughs> I feel like rock is like rock and grunge was so like the lyrics and stuff are so you know they talk about some deep stuff right right for sure um, but yeah so I was the one who brought hip hop into the house and um, and so yeah so I think from there music was always a part of our family. And when I was younger, my mom put me in uh, piano classes. And okay. so I think I went for like a couple years, but it wasn't something that I, I wish now looking back, I wish I would have taken it more seriously. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but it wasn't something that I took very seriously. Like I remember my piano teacher would like call my mom or tell her like, 
hey, like he's not practicing or, you know, like he's falling asleep while he's supposed to be in class, you know? So um, looking back, I wish I probably would have taken it more seriously, but like, I still know very basic stuff that I remember. Like I can read music, basic, like basic music. Like I can't read like crazy stuff. Um, And I know certain like chords and scales and stuff. So um, that's really how I got into music was like from my family. So, you know, my brother was always playing guitar. My sister also played the piano. I played the piano. Um, And it was always a very big part of our like family gatherings. Like we had a party, you know, all the all the cumbia music would come on all the for sure. music um and then like even like one of like the most i feel like one of the most iconic albums just for a lot of people in general um but for us a lot was thriller was michael jackson's oh thriller. yeah um like that album was on repeat all the time in our house so for yeah sure, and I, still, I still actually have the vinyl so that's dope <laughs> i see that i see the michael jackson vitals on, on your yeah, background. yeah 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 that's crazy <laughs> so what what was the transition from you being into music to actually taking this as a, a real thing like a real hobby or when did you take it seriously and i know you said before we talked about it that you started off as a rapper is that correct yeah yeah, yeah. so i i feel i feel like a lot of producers at one point or another kind of dabble in like you want to rap or you kind of think about that just because you know that's that's the main thing you see like when you see hip-hop when you see everybody it's either like the breakers the graffiti artists the the rappers or the djs right right um and so um but for me it really happened in high school so i think i was like a junior in high school and there was just a lot of stuff going on like in my life you know like you got like that the angry teenage kid you know who's going through a bunch of like family drama and For sure. all that stuff um so that's when i started kind of trying to not necessarily rap but i just started writing so mm-hmm. i just started writing i just started like jotting ideas down you know and then little by little those turned into like you know poems and then those i was like oh like well that rhymes so like what if i took that and put it over like a beat you know for sure um and so then it was in my senior year in high school that i was like okay cool like i I was okay you know like but i was just writing all the time Mm -hmm. like i just kept writing i had this notebook that i just like wrote every single page every single day like just even if a even if like a two bar rhyme popped in my head like i would just write it down you know And so that's really how it started. And then the next step was like, well, shit, like, how do I actually like record it? You know, like I, I had no money. Like at that time, at that time, like my, it was just me and my mom. Um, And so we really didn't, I mean, she didn't have the means to like, you know, buy me any sort of equipment you know at that time like the equipment was hella expensive too. Like you couldn't, you couldn't buy anything like you do now. Um, and so I remember I had, she works at a, she worked at a school. She still works at a school, but, um, the schools, when they, when they get rid of, uh, computers, like old computers, they kind of just donate them or they're like, throw them out. And so she was, um, always kind of keeping her eye open to see if she could like, you know, snag a computer or something to bring Mm -hmm. home. So I could like, you know, for her work on homework, like type essays and stuff like that. Um, and so one day she brought home three computers like old computers and she brought them into the house and she was like 
none of these work. <laughs> She's like, but if you can put them together and make them work, like they said, like different pieces work from different computers. Oh, so okay. if you can like, if you can like piece them together and get one, then you can keep it. And so that's what I literally did for like the next week. Like, Damn. I, I like, I just kind of broke them all apart and put them back together, like little by little. Um, and I got one working and it was like a super old basic like Windows computer. Um, and it, it had like, you know, those, those like really old, like the, the microphones that just had like that green jack. Yeah, like that, I know like exactly what you're jack. talking about. Um, and so I had that. And then, you know, of course, I started like working on homework, like regular s school stuff. And then I was like, well, let me look online and see if there's anything out there that I could like record. Like I have a microphone. It's, it's obviously horrible, but it's something. Right. Um, and let me just see. So I remember I downloaded this, uh, this program. It was a free program called Acoustica Audio MP3 Mixer. Mm. And it was like the most random thing. And I've told this story and people like laugh. <laughs> they're like, they're like, what the hell were you recording <laughs> on? And I was like, hey, like, I I had no money to like invest in like anything, you know? For sure. And so, so yeah, so I had this. And, and the reason I got it was because it was the only program that I found at that time um, that let me put an MP3 track in one channel and then have a vocal track on another channel. Oh, okay, dope. And, and that's what I did. Like I used to put, I, and again, I didn't have any knowledge about like what I needed, um, but I used to grab like a shirt or, a, or a, 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 a tank top and like wrap it around my face as like a pop filter. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most like, like janky setup dude but, i had like the, a very similar setup like i had the pc microphone like the little microphone like the skinny one that hooks directly into a computer yeah and i we put like a pantyhose over like a like a hanger and okay. we, we pretty much put like wrapped it around the closet which is hanging dangling there and we were just wrapping <laughs> with the pot like holding the pop filter so i had a very similar story so that's funny you say that yeah so so that's really how how i was like okay like and then little by little i just started like I had a I had a couple friends who were also like um, into writing and rapping, and I was like, well, I was like, you know, I was like, I don't got anything crazy, but if you want to just like somewhat put something together, like we can. And so people started like, you know, coming over or I'd like, you know, we'd meet up and and write or record a few things. Um, and it was all like really, really like <laughs> it was like trash, um, but but we were doing it, and that was the that was, I think that was the important part. And then later once I graduated from high school and I went to college, that's when I started like kind of diving a little bit more deep into it. Mm -hmm. um, just cause I had like all the time in the world, like I'm in college, like all I got to do is like get to school, get my work done. And then like, I had time for everything, you know? For sure. Um, and so, yeah, so I started like buying, like I bought like a USB mic and kind of learned a little bit more things about like mixing. And then like our school had, uh, a studio and so I would just go spend time in that studio and just kind of sit there and they didn't have any instructor or anybody there like you literally went by yourself and just signed out time and I would just sit there trying to figure things out mm -hmm. on my own um, but I had somebody I had a friend in college that was super deep like he he still writes to this day like he still writes to this day um, and so we would just 
like buy and download stuff off a of sound click like i know oh, we were, snap. We, yeah, yeah we were talking about that before um and we would just download and buy stuff off a of sound click and then like record little things so i in college i put together like uh it was like a 15 track like album mm -hmm. like that i that i did on my own and then after that uh i went into djing and so i started learning how to dj because that was another way that i started making money in college like I wasn't ever part of a frat, but I knew everybody who was, mm -hmm. and they all threw parties. And so I would say, hey, like, I'll DJ your party. And they'd be like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, cool. So I would be DJing parties like every weekend and making money for like books and food and stuff like that while oh, I was at snap. school. <laughs> that's dope. Yeah, so that that's really how it happened. And then more as I started like DJing more and more, I, I started noticing like, oh, well, like, these DJs are making their own remixes of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And so then I was like, oh, let me do that. And so then I started doing that and I started messing around with like Ableton and recording my own mixes and making remixes and stuff like that. And then little by little, I was like, I actually enjoy producing a lot more. For sure. Beat making, like DJing was fun, but it was also super like draining. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, um, rhyming was cool and fun but it wasn't like a hundred percent where i was and so then i landed into producing and beat making and that's when i was like this is what this is what i've been this you know this is what i've been looking for <laughs> that's dope man so how many years ago do you say that you started transitioning from a rapper to, to a producer oh man that happened that was a while ago like i'm i'm probably aging myself right here but <laughs> like that was like i want to say like 2000 seven 2008 oh, okay that's around the time yeah. i started i think making beats was around then too uh yeah. or 2007 and yeah, yeah yeah and so and so you know there's the there's the never-ending daw war that right. like who, who's got the better daw and really like at the time when i was going when i started like looking for different programs like i mean now i know they're super well respected right like fl and even even then like they were a pretty respectable brand like but like it wasn't just it wasn't at the point I think where it's at now. Oh yeah, for know? sure. It wasn't. Uh, they they definitely didn't consider FL Studio back then like studio or professional quality. Like it would get mocked, and then when you would hear producers that made uh, like FL Studio beats, like they knew people were making FL Studio beats, they would like kind of like downplay them, and then yeah. eventually start taking over. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so I remember I tried it out. Um. And it just wasn't like. I was just looking for something that would obviously like work for me. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's eventually what it comes down to now. Um, so I tried, I tried FL for a little bit. I didn't, I didn't really click. I tried reason and, and that was like, for me, way too complicated. <laughs> um, and I know all the reason heads are going to be like, no, nah, bro, like it's, it's hella simple, but like, I was trying it. I was like, nah, like <laughs> I'm not getting it. Yeah. You got the <laughs> mixers in the back and stuff. Yeah. It's a little yeah, complicated. Yeah. And then, so then that's when I ended up with, uh, at Ableton. Cause I knew a lot of like DJs would record into Ableton or like make mixes on Ableton. Um, and so that's what I landed on. And then I, that's kind of where I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like this is what really like user friendly wise and like the way my brain works, like it just worked. Um, and so that's when I, that's when I jumped over to like Ableton and just started using that. Oh, dope. Okay. For sure. So when you, when you transitioned from being, you know, a rapper, you were paying for beats back then on SongClick and stuff, or you were just downloading like free licenses and stuff. 
I would. There were some that I did. There were some that I like. Obviously, I was always looking for like the free untagged ones. Right. You know? um, but I, I would like the ones that I ended up really liking, you know, like because I knew like, OK, you could download this for free, but then I couldn't necessarily use it. Right. You know, like, you know, you'd always see like those disclaimers and stuff. And so eventually, like the ones that I really, really liked, like I would go back and like buy them or I would just buy them like straight out like that. Oh, for sure. So do you think that being a rapper at first has helped you understand producing not only in the sense of making beats, but as a sense of creating an empire, like selling beats as well? Yeah, I think I think um, like disclaimer, like my my rap career wasn't (laughs) like long lived. Right. 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 it It was short. But I think being in that space um it did give me kind of like the understanding of what people are looking for mm-hmm. uh, because i kind of went through it right like i had those feelings of like oh well like if i use this beat like is somebody going to like come you know because everybody's thinking like i'm going to record this song it's going to be a hit and it's going to blow up right? right like that's that's everybody's ultimate goal right um and so, well, I'm kind of generalizing there, you know, somebody might have a different goal, but for the most part, like if you're going to record a song, you want it to gain some sort of like fame. Right. right. And, um, and so I think now looking back and even, even now though, like, I feel like being in the space around producers mostly um, and interacting with producers and, and producing all the time, I feel like sometimes you, you, you lose that connection. Right. Like, even though I went through that, even though I thought about it, it was like a while ago. So like you have I have to consciously like continue to like open up conversations with other artists that I'm working with or, Mm. you know, connect with new artists and figure out like, well, what is it that, you know, either worries you or what's a fear of yours when you're going out and buying beats from me or from another person, you know. Um, So I think that's something that I also still work on, like, even though, yeah, like. I knew that back then, I feel like it's kind of evolved a lot, you know, since then, especially just with social media and, you know, people having outlets like, you know, streaming, you know, like back then I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have distro kid right. or, or anything like that to just upload my music right away. Um, so like all of those albums that I put were on like either physical, like just burn CDs Mm-hmm. Or I had to upload them onto like, dang, I don't even know what I had it on. I don't know if I had it on like, like I for sure had my MySpace profile, right. <laughs> but I don't know what I actually put the actual album on. Um, but yeah, so now I feel like it's, it is, um, it did help me, but it's evolved in such a way now that it's like, it's crazy now because now there's so many possibilities like people go on youtube and download a beat or people download a beat on beatstars or airbit or you know still sound click and now it's just so quick to get your music out there um that that it can it can come with a whole new set of like uh worries or concerns from the artist side for sure man i definitely hear what you're saying and i i like that you're you know your social media post or your instagram specifically is more directed towards that audience, like that rappers out there who are looking for those answers, who not, may not know, you know, they need to sign up for an LLC or, you know, how to sign up, you know, with DistroKid or, you know, where's the best ways to make, you know, different streams of revenue. So I definitely respect the approach that you have coming as a producer, more targeting towards rappers, because I feel like even me as a producer, I'm, I'm sure other music producers can relate. 
when we start posting on social media, our first instinct is to post like a beat, a, a video of our beat and more things that are lenient toward, like more things that are directed towards a producer, but you're, you kind of just shifted and the way you started posting, you know, posting your um, content is more directed towards rappers. So I kind of wanted you to elaborate on that. Like what made you, what, what pretty much clicked in your head where you're like, okay, let me transition and really educate this audience. Cause you have a lot of great information. Like I'm learning a lot, just reading your posts on Instagram and stuff like that. So what kind of clicked and helped you realize that, you know, you can educate that, that fan base? Yeah, it, it really came. It's been something that I feel like, like I started up my Instagram two years ago, I think it was. Um, and same thing, like right away, I was like, oh, buy this beat, you know, oh, here's this beat making video. Oh, you know, like, da, 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 da. because that's kind of the first thing that you you jump to right, right. And, and, it, and it's a lot of the times because we're we see what other music producers are doing or you know like and so we're like oh now we're in this realm where we want to get our brand out there we want to portray ourselves in a certain way to gain some level of like respect in in the community um sure. and so and so yeah i think for me it, it came within this last year and it, and it started happening more because I started running more studio sessions. Like right before the pandemic hit, I was running a lot of studio sessions um, and I would be recording artists and, and rappers and just kind of kicking it with them. And a lot of these guys were are independent. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of these guys might have been, you know, either doing this for a while or not, but it, it hadn't, you know, it, it kind of, it hadn't really gone to a level that I think they had hoped for. Right? right. And so the more and more that we talked, like for me on my end, I'm always, always like doing some sort of research. I'm always like watching a video. I'm always watching or reading a book or I'm trying to listen to something or a podcast, you know, cause I'm always trying to answer questions that I have myself. Right. Um, because I want to just be able to help. Like, I think that's, that's, that's one thing that I, that I was learning. And one book that kind of put that into perspective for me, um, the title is called How to Build a Story Brand. Mm -hmm. And, and um, that was one book that really, really helped open my eyes in terms of like what I wanted to do as a music producer. Um, and so for sure, like my goal as a music producer is to put out music with artists that I hope can outlive me. Right. Right. Like that, I, that I that can make an impact in a way, whether it's, you know, making people dance or feel good or, you know, sparking some sort of idea in their brain that that causes to some sort of change or, or just motivation. Um, but while working with these artists, I started realizing that a lot of them had never gotten the guidance that mm. they kind of needed to, to lay the foundation to their career. And so it went from the hope of a career to then being a hobby, to then right. being like a side thing, to then being like something you only do once every two weeks, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and I feel like that's sometimes something that's very common, right? Like, you know, you, you go into it with the hopes and the ideal and the and, and ideas that you want to like make this a career. But then I think what ends up happening is that you may have a setback or things aren't just set up in a way or you get, you know, kind of screwed over in a, in a shady deal and things just don't go and it discourages you. And so the more I talked with them and just kind of hung out with them, 
I would mention something like, hey, do you have like, do you have your publishing like set up or, and they'd be like, well, no, like, can you explain that to me? And I'd be like, oh yeah, sure. Like, let me, you know, and so it just be in conversation. And then little by little, it started happening more and more and more. And then it would become more of like, well, hey, like, uh, and this just happened a little while ago when I was, um, I worked on this album with an artist, uh, a rapper that I've been working with for a couple of years, his name's Rob Woods. And he was gonna put out his next album and he was kind of like, you know, it was kind of a time crunch and we wanted to get it out there and we wanted to have some sort of strategy to put it out there. Like, because he had put out a bunch of albums before, but he was voicing the concern that he felt that every time he dropped something, it didn't really create the buzz that he would hope, right? Mm -hmm. um, like it would, it would, because he's, he's, a, he's a dope artist, but he wanted obviously to move towards that next level. Right. And so that's when I told him, you know, and sometimes I open my mouth before I actually, you know, have a whole full out plan. Right. And I was like, oh, bro, like, yeah, sure. Like I'll put together a whole cal a content calendar for you, you know? Um, and he was like, like, great, like, cool, let's, let's do it. And so I remember working that night and, and, you know, I went on Excel, I put together this content calendar and I, and I presented it to him and I was like, this is what I got. Like, if you can get all these pieces of content together, you now have like 30 days worth of ideas for you to drop your album. And sorry, to, sorry to interject. So when you say like, when you're playing out his content, what are some of the, like, so what's some of the content ideas that you would have for that rapper? Like what what's some ideas that you were giving him that he was posting? Yeah. So, um, for, for, for sure, for sure. Like I, I, in doing research, right. Cause I didn't have all the answers. So I went out and I started researching a bunch of stuff. One thing was like, obviously creating that world for your fans mm -hmm. like you you've got to kind of set the mood and kind of create that that aesthetic and that world for them so that when you do drop an album it's not out of the blue right because that's what i've noticed the more that i've researched stuff is it ends up happening right like an artist might have a really good song or a really good album and the fact that there was no planning to it that let fans know what was to come mm. it drops and it may gain a buzz for like a day and then it's and then it just kind of you know for, gets forgotten common problems and, and, yeah. And, and yeah and it's and it's something that even like major artists you know have to do because yep. like you know if you're at the level of like a kendrick or a j cole who drop you know an album like without any sort of word or like Beyonce who drops her, her albums, like without any sort of like marketing before it, mm. but they're at a level that they can do that. Right. Right. Because they've been working for so many years. Um, but as an independent artist, like you have to sort of like, uh, and I've heard this term used, used before, you have to prep your fans. Mm. Like you have to let them know, Hey, in about two weeks, like this is what's going to be happening. You know, and so one uh, to be more specific, right? Like, there's there's uh, pictures of using the same aesthetic, and including like a unique hashtag, and then just like a countdown, right? Like, ten days, nine days, mm -hmm. eight, mm -hmm. seven days, right? And you don't have to necessarily say seven days till my album drops, but you just want to start throwing things out there so people start listening and paying attention. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. So, You're building anticipation. 
Yeah. And so they're like, oh, snap. Like, you know, this person's got something going on. Like, I wonder what it is, you know? And then there's like, uh, like a recap video, right? An artist might drop an album and then there's might be like a six month period or a year period that they don't drop it, uh, any sort of music. And so a lot of the times it's, you know, catching people up on what you've actually been doing within this last year, you know, filming behind the scenes stuff, filming like the process, filming all this stuff, and then start presenting that to people as it, as it goes in, again, to build up the anticipation to eventually where the album drops. You know, and then other things that we did was we reached out to DJs, we reached out to like bloggers and reviewers and like just a bunch of different social media people to try, try and get this album in front of as many eyes as possible. Mm. Um, and where, where and would you find those people? Like, where would you find those DJs and like the blogs that you guys were talking some, about? Some people I knew just from, you know, having like a connection with them already on social media. Um, other people it was just research like we just looked up like who locally um, or like you know within California because he's he's from Sacramento but he lives in LA right now Mm -hmm. Um, I'm from the Bay Area so again we did all this remotely like we were we weren't like together at all Mm -hmm. Um, and so you know he would be like okay cool like I'm gonna reach out to this and this person because I know them from a time that I did a show, right? Cause oh, okay. you know, or I reached out to somebody because of a time that they covered another artist and I reached out to them and said, Hey, like, you know, and it was very, it was obviously something very professional. Like we had to put together an EPK, um, which is an electronic press kit. So it has like a little paragraph about who the artist is, a little paragraph about what the album is and what it means to the artist. And then a link to the, the album usually right if you're uploading to distro kit or or cd baby or united masters whichever distribution um you could have like a pre-saved link but the reviewer can't get to that so what we did is we uploaded his album to soundcloud and we just made it private mm-hmm. and so we just included a private soundcloud soundcloud link so that when we emailed or we dm'd the person we'd be like hey you know um i would say something like uh, I've, I noticed that you cover, you know, independent artists. Um, I'm, I've been working with this rapper, you know, and then tag him. He's really great. He stands for this and this and this. We're be, we, were, we were wondering if you would be interested in writing an article or reviewing his album. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, sometimes they would get back to us and sometimes they wouldn't. The ones that would say yes, then I would like, I would say maybe like, 95 to 99 percent of the time every single person asked for the epk Mm. every every single person asked oh okay can you send me um their press kit so that i can you know check them out and 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 listen to the album so that's something that's that was very very crucial in terms of like just having that sort of extra level of professionalism right and you're presenting it to somebody else that's a big j man i definitely think that's something that's going to be useful for rappers who are trying to be on the rise and you know make a name for themselves because as you mentioned earlier most of the time rappers are just pretty much taking a track dropping it immediately just promoting it like crazy like listen to this listen to this like spamming their friends which does not work and i mean i think it hasn't worked for a while now and even when i was making beats before like when i was trying to promote my brand i was doing that same type of approach where i would release a beat try to text or you know send out the beat to a few friends or something and then it would just kind of just die off but i think that what you're doing is you're building 
you know, you're building that, that attention, you're building the, the, the curiosity from the fans. And then you're moving over to not just having that, that track ready for just the, the fans and a, a, a official release, but you're also reaching out to different people who can get that song even more like bigger, even more spread to even, you know, a bigger audience and stuff like that. So just the fact that you mentioned the EPK and stuff like that, that's, those are huge gems that I think a lot of rappers are going to really benefit off of. What are some biggest, some of like the biggest mistakes that you see rappers make when they're trying to, you know, make a name for themselves? They already have their track, they're really good with making their music, or they're really good, you know, they have their mixing services already ready. What mm -hmm. are some of the steps that you think that rappers should take to really avoid making those mistakes and getting the most out of their track or their song? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I think one thing, and you kind of mentioned it already, and we kind of touched on it, is is that they're, they just, overlook the power of having a strategy um, and having like a specific goal, right? Like something that's attainable. Uh, a lot of the times, like a lot of the times I've learned this over trial and error. Like it wasn't something that I just magically came up with and, and it worked, right? Because right. even with this last release, like there were issues that came up. Like For sure. it, it was a great release and it worked and the numbers went up, but there were still things that we could have done better, right? And that I could have done better. And so I think one thing um, is definitely have a plan, have, a, have some sort of plan where you sit down, like you've now put together a 10 track EP or a 10 track album. And you now, instead of just jumping into it and dropping it and saying, here's my album run the numbers up blah, blah 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 like you know all this stuff like really take a step back and be like okay what do i want out of this album like do i want to a increase my spotify followers b increase my spotify streams which may go hand in hand um c increase my instagram following um uh like d do i want to lead everybody instead of streaming to itunes so that they can actually purchase the album. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's one thing, like pick a specific goal, like be very, very specific in what you want to track because then that's gonna allow you to then a month after you've released your album to look back and say, right. did, I, did I hit my goal? Did I increase my Spotify streams by 500, right? Um, did I increase my Spotify listeners by 300 or whatever it may be, you know? And if you didn't, then it's not, for you to like give up, right? It's to then go back, look where you can improve and then apply that to the next, mm -hmm. the next one. Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of the times what ends up happening is we try something, we fail and then we give up, right? right? And then you're just like, well, you know, I'm, I'm the hottest rapper out here, but ain't nobody paying attention to me, right? right? right. Like, for sure. And, and it could be true. Like it could be, it could be true that you are the best rapper or the best lyricist out there. Um, and I think, I can't remember who said it. I can't remember if it was Timberland or somebody, but they said, they, they mentioned something where it was like, most artists have already made a hit record or mm. most artists have already made a hit that. album. I believe that right? for sure. The, the, the planning that went into it to get it in front of the people who needed to see it or hear it just wasn't executed the correct way. 100%. Um, and so it's not, again, it's not to discredit the artistry side of it because most even producers like most producers are are raw at this point like you can make tracks you know 
you can make like 10 tracks in a day if you really wanted to, you mm -hmm. know? Um, but it's that other side. And that's what I quickly learned on my own, just being a producer and trying to grow my following on Instagram was that I was like, well, damn, like, I know I'm making like good music, but mm -hmm. what is, what's lacking? And so that's when I saw all these conversations that I had been going and had been going on with the, with the artists that I had been working on. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I can offer that to other people. You mm -hmm. know, maybe I can, instead of just posting stuff about me, 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 right? Which is a lot of the times what ends up happening on social media. Um, let me actually give something of value to another, another person who, who may actually. And, and another thing for me, I had been in enough situations to where I felt like I was going to get some sort of value or some information that was going to be super crucial to me that mm -hmm. I didn't. And then I know for me, I wanted to cut through all that like fluff. I was right. like, I don't, I don't want to give or feed people these like, these like quote unquote gems that are just like very like kind of abstract. Right. You know, like 100%. I wanted to give, I wanted to give them very concrete steps and very concrete things that they could apply to their own careers like today. And so that's why I kind of switched my sort of focus, my main focus um, in terms of my Instagram was I just started giving all those kind of uh, all those tips and those advice, even though I didn't want to just become a tips page um, because those exist already. But I wanted to just start offering that as like an added thing. And so I had that and now, you know, have that mixed with like, still I, I'll post beat making videos. Mm -hmm. I'll still post like when I, when I produce a song and drop it, um, like I'll promote that. Um, so my page isn't solely like a tips page, um, but it is an added piece to my, my own services to, to other artists. For sure, man. I want to touch on that point where you, basically you, you, you're telling rappers to fail as much as possible and make those mistakes to learn uh, to, 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 I think that's a great way of growing. Like they, they always say fail often is yeah. because you're able to kind of take that, that knowledge that you learned from posting, a, you know, posting a track and then seeing how the response is and then resetting and figuring out the better ways to do that. Like you said earlier. And I think a good example of that, uh, I was in, um, uh, I forgot, it was like the Cato, the music entrepreneur club tour. Yeah. Yeah. I went to one of the, the the live events and they talked about what they had a person who was a like a digital marketer and he was talking about how Billie Eilish before she released her album it took her two years to release that album not because she didn't have the music ready she had everything ready but she was out there testing everything she was posting something on uh, SoundCloud and seeing how it reacted and then she reached she changed up her strategy and kept a, you know changing it up changing it up changing it up until she finally started releasing the songs I started just blowing up like crazy and that really helped her get to that next level. So I think that's perfect. The way that you put it that, you know, you need to fail as much as possible. And then I also want to move towards what you were saying about the Instagram of how you kind of just reset and figured out that new strategy for yourself. Um, like go ahead and, and, and give, I guess some of the best advice that you've learned for growing your Instagram following, because you have definitely shifted like, the way that you shifted with Instagram. I feel like Instagram took a dramatic change as far as our community, the producer music community, and you just took full advantage of it. And now I see people like jacking you, like jacking your ideas or whatever. We're not going to name drop or anything, but <laughs> it's cool because that just shows you have an influence. So what is, what are the, some of the things that you, like what are some of the biggest tips that you would give out to a person who is an artist or a producer trying to grow an Instagram following? 
Yeah, well, first off, I know, like, like this started about a year ago. I think, yeah, about a year ago. So a year ago was kind of like the peak of my page and posting beat making videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and and a huge like motivation or influence from that was was uh, uh, Danny's 365 day beat challenge. Oh yeah, shout out right? to Danny. That, yeah. that he was doing that, right? So shout out Beats by Danny. Um, that guy, I would like see him pop, pop up on my feed like every single day. Mm-hmm. And he was posting a new beat, beat, beat making video. And I was like, damn, like, okay, well, you know, if this is working for him, right, let me try it out. So I started doing similar, similar things. Um, I started posting stuff like when I would be working with an artist and those videos actually started doing really well. Mm-hmm. And um, another, another thing was that I started focusing more on like the analytics and the hashtag research um, behind the scenes, right? So like I would create the content, but I've already done a few hours of research on hashtags that would, that I've seen other producers use and, and that have posts similar to like the ones that I was about to post. Mm, And so, and so what I would do was I would find a hashtag, I would go to their top nine and and see which were the top nine posts and i would have my post i hadn't posted it yet but i would have my video or picture right next to it and see like could this potentially be here right because a lot of the times and this is another thing that i notice going back to like mistakes i see artists and producers and a lot of people in general using like super generic hashtags on instagram and 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 one they they're oversaturated in posts and so an account that doesn't have the strength to compete with other with other accounts it's just going to get lost and that's going to it's going to be a wasted hashtag um and then two and this happened to me right in in terms of failing um you end up using a banned hashtag and and it basically it basically screws your page over and so this ended up happening to me and it was something it wasn't even something like inappropriate it was just something super random like like we made it or get it it was something like motivational right Mm -hmm. and i remember thinking to myself oh this post is going to do really well right like because i've done this research this looks great this looks great and i remember adding that hashtag at the last second i hadn't researched it and i put it and then I was sitting there, I was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I stepped away from my phone, a uh, couple hours went by, I went back and I looked at it, I was like, oh shit, like it's gotten like no interaction, right? Mm-hmm. Like literally pretty much like zero, like it maybe had like three views in like two hours, which was super uncharacteristic of, you know, videos or, or, or pictures. Like at that time, it would at least have like a hundred, a hundred right. views, like, you know, like something around there nothing crazy um and so then i started like you know i was like maybe just something happened so i let it go and by the night time again like I, by this point by this point 24 hours had passed and it still was like 10 views and i was like okay something's up and so i went through them and i looked it i looked it up and i used this i used this uh this website called flick.tech um and and i can run an audit on the hashtags and that one that I used that I, that I inserted at the end, it came up red. 
and it said this is a banned hashtag and so basically what ended up happening was that my post one didn't get the reach that it would have and two it ended up kind of hurting my page because it puts this sort of like almost like people talk about shadow banning right like mm -hmm. and so like it, i feel like it almost put something like that on there because after that like i posted the next day and it really didn't like i stopped using that hashtag but that post also didn't really do very well and another one and i was like ah oh, damn it like <laughs> i just screwed my page over like you know like this is it like i'm done instagram's <laughs> done um, and so and so yeah so I think that was when I, again, I started doing research and this whole time, I got to say like the through line between all this was that I had, I, I took a course um, and a specifically Instagram course from another uh, Instagram guy. His name's Dave Tallis. And this guy, this guy's amazing. Like, and the reason that I feel like I got so much out of his course was because he was again, like just straight to the point. Like mm. he didn't give you like, sure. He talks about mindset and stuff like that at the beginning, but then he's like, okay, these are very, very concrete things you can use to help your, 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 your page. Um, and so I, re I reached out to him and I was like, Dave, like, you know, like, cause he also, he like, you know, he'll be very interactive with you. He'll, he'll respond to your messages and things like that. I was like, this and this and this happened. And he was like, yeah, he's like, you know, Ban hashtags are a thing, you know, a lot of people don't yeah. know it, but they're I did a not thing. know that. Yeah. And so um, he's like, what I would recommend doing is just like stop using hashtags for a little bit, right? And let your page kind of like sit, you know, and then jump back into it. And so I did that and it and it worked and it helped. But then I started noticing that those beat making videos just in general just weren't performing as well as they had a year ago. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was posting stuff and I just feel like the people following me got bored of it. Um, and that's the other thing, like, like we, we think of it as content creators at music, as music producers, us putting the content out there, but then we don't necessarily think of who's on the other end, right? Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're so quick to think like, oh, of course, they're going to love this video. Like I just made the most dope ass beat like ever. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, but the person on the other end is like, this may be the 30th or 50th video that I've seen look mm. exactly the same. Right. That's a good point. And, and so, and so I took a step back from that and I was like, I think the people who are following me are just bored of it. Like they're like, okay, we get it. You're, you're <laughs> you make beats, you know? So then I started thinking, okay, like I gotta, I gotta think of something else. And the first thing that kind of jolted that was, um, was uh tiktok originally right because mm -hmm. everybody jumped on tiktok when the pandemic hit and so i started posting stuff on there but then it just it just didn't feel like something i wanted to continue like i didn't want to focus on instagram and tiktok and, mm -hmm. and kind of bounce back and forth um even though i know people have done that and been very successful at that but for me personally i didn't want to do that so then i started hearing about ig reels and there was this new thing that Instagram was about to drop that was similar to TikTok, but it was going to be Instagram. And I mean, it, there's always going to be hate for it. You know, there's always going to be like, yeah. you know, when, when Instagram drops sto Instagram stories, they were like, oh, that's just a Snapchat ripoff, you know, and now they're going to be doing Instagram reels, which is like a TikTok ripoff. And I thought to myself, okay, like, 
people are going to be either really in love with it or they're going to hate it. Right. And, and, but I know, I knew regardless whether people loved it or hate it, Instagram was going to push the hell out of it because that's what they always do. They always do it. When stories dropped, accounts boomed with stories because, you know, of, of the people who were quick to adapt to it with IGTV. There was a lot of accounts that really gained a big following with IGTV. Um, and I felt like with each of those, I was late. Like with each of those, I, I like didn't take advantage of it when I should have. Same here, man. I did the same thing. Yeah. And so then, and so then when Reels was about to come out, I told myself, all right, this is it. Like I have to be on it the very first day that they drop it. Like, and so then that's what I started doing. And I just started posting, you know, um, again, beat making videos, because that's what my mind automatically jumps to. But then I thought to myself, well, how can I make it a little bit more interesting? And then, you know, I jumped to like the, the this kind of like, I guess it's, I mean, it hasn't become an official series, but mm-hmm. it's one that I've, I've kind of incorporated a lot. It's like this music producers on Instagram versus real life. Right. And, and so like, usually I'd be like, you know, like, I'd make that typical beat maker video on, you know, as the first one as music producers on Instagram and then real life, it's me like asleep at the laptop. Because, right. That, because think, that's really how I produce. <laughs> I feel like I was resonating with them for sure, man, especially with the ones where you have your kid in it and stuff like that. I'm like, bro, yeah. this is like an exact replica of my real life right now. So. Yeah. And so, and so then I started seeing those videos start to pop off. And then like the first, like when I saw one get over like, 15,000 views I was like oh shit like they're really pushing Instagram reels like I have to stay on this like there's no way that I can't and so then I just jumped real quick on my notes app on my on my phone and I wrote down like 30 different ideas of like what I could come up with and then that's what I did I just started recording them and posting them like every day sometimes at the very beginning I was posting two a day I was posting two reels a day and I did that so that it could just build this momentum on my page. That's smart. And then, um, and then and so I, I saw like one reel would get 20,000 views. Then the next one got like 50. And then there was some that started getting really viral and popping up on people's explore feed. Um, and those now have gotten like almost 200,000 views. And so, and so for, and so then that's when I was like, okay, this is my opportunity to now because that had become so automatic for me like i could just make those and it and then that's the other thing that they're so low quality that it was so fast to make Mm -hmm. right like it's literally people just want to see you hold your phone and literally do this and like you know and so um and so so low quality and so quick to do that i was able to do it fast and so that opened up time that I was like, oh, now so many people are like having eyes on my page that I can include something else. And that's when the carousels came in. And so then when I started incorporating the carousels with the reels, like that's when it just started taking off. And like, (laughs) I really couldn't believe, I couldn't believe it at first. I was like, did I just crack the code to the matrix? Like, (laughs) is somebody gonna fucking like, give me like a red pill and wake me up and all this (laughs) Because I was like, I was like, yo, like, this is like, something's happening and it's actually working. Right. Um, And so now I'll still drop beat making videos. Like I said, I'll still promote my, my new songs that I've produced with other artists, but 
but that's not what my account is solely based on mm -hmm. right there's there's other groundwork to the at least to instagram right like um there's groundwork to instagram that that i know can provide value to people and then i layer on you know the 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 beat making videos the 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 promotion song drops and all that stuff and so people are like oh you know like because i've had i've had comments and messages where it's like oh thank you so much for the tips like and then i saw your beat video and like yo like you're a dope ass producer too yeah, you know cool, and man. i was like and, and so i think it's just it's just that it's like being able to have like that value that you give in one way or another because everybody does it differently right um and so i think that's really where it stemmed. I know this this got super long winded. No, I mean you were just dropping value bombs right there. Like, geez, I'm gonna cut all this off for Instagram content. That was, that was some good stuff right there. I learned a lot right there, man. So yes, yeah, so I think it really stemmed from just having conversations with the artist. Mm -hmm. uh, and and one thing, uh, I remember doing this like I want to say it was like four months ago, four or five months ago. Um, I remember. I was I was always trying to figure out what was it that made people buy a buy a beat for me, right? Or do business with me, right? Because in one way or another, they're investing in my in my business, in my brand. And so I I I was talking with somebody else and, and I was just like, I could create like a Google form. And so I created this Google form with just some questions like, you know your name what's your your job because for the most part an independent artist is still working a job yeah. right um and then what made you do what made you buy a beat for me and then like i think a follow-up question was like what is one thing that you know will uh stop you or deter you or something like that from doing business or buying a beat from somebody else or for me and i learned so much from that like there were like i think about 11 people that responded um, and these were all artists that had already bought a beat for me. Mm -hmm. So I knew that one, they already invested in me, but they might still have. And I learned a lot from that. I learned a lot just from asking them questions and saying like, Hey, like, I appreciate this. And then of course, at the end of it, I like gave them free stuff. Like I gave them free beats. I gave them coupon codes, all this stuff, um, for participating. But I learned a lot from that. Um, just because I was like, I want to know, I'm always trying to think of like, okay, just because somebody invested in me doesn't mean that they're going to continue investing in me, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I want to know how I can continue giving them value and providing them with the, with sort of like the space to be able to feel like they can trust me and that they can connect with me and then that I can help them out. For sure, man. You know, Tony Robbins has this quote where he says, don't fall in love with your product, fall in love with your ideal customer. And I think that's a perfect uh, example of that because you're getting to know them more on a personal level and also getting to know their, their pain points and you yeah. solving their pain points. If that's any business in general, you think about any business that has grown that if you solve a pain point and it could be something as simple as a sweater all the way to, you know, anything, if you solve yeah. a pain point, you're going to be able to monetize off that, which is mm -hmm. real dope to see you, you know, switch like just a different angle than what a regular producer, like, I don't see producers out there giving out surveys to their, their clients mm -hmm. to, you know, get to know them better, to figure out how they can be continuous to be, you know, continue to be um, a customer. Cause if so somebody buys from you one time, that's a good sign. You can, they can buy from you again. They can, yeah. 
they can you know shop with you again and i think that translates to as well for artists if somebody listens to your track and downloads it or buys it they'll listen to it again if you know how to keep that relationship with them and get to know them and i think that will translate very well for artists for anybody who is an artist trying to make you know a living off this you know you mentioned earlier that most artists are independent and they have a side job you mm -hmm. know or they have a job and they're doing the artist stuff on the side what are some ways that artists can really monetize off their music and you know, be able to at least pay some type of bills or some type of for their equipments, for their beats, you know, what are some ways that artists can really invest in themselves and monetize off their music? Um, one thing for sure, I mean, there's a few things, and especially right now with the pandemic, it, it's kind of forced artists to be a little bit more creative mm -hmm. um, in terms of how they're going to survive this pandemic. I mean, in general, a lot of small businesses have had to become really creative with ways that, that they're gonna survive this pandemic um if if this were uh, first and foremost i think shows mm -hmm. is a huge huge source of revenue for artists um like i know a few people who i've talked to on on a frequent basis like shows was something that they had lined up and that really kind of hurt their their pockets um sure so many venues closed and so um but there has been that space that's now opened up with virtual shows you know like so if you wanted to go that route you could like you could offer virtual shows and i know in, in within them there's like the tip jars or like mm. you could you know put your cash app or your venmo in, in the chat and then you know somehow get people to donate that um there's there's places like patreon um where you can create like a subscriber monthly fee and you offer new things new um either merch or new music or exclusive mm. stuff to your fans um in that way there is um one thing that i've, I've noticed a lot of people start doing is, is um selling on Bandcamp. um okay because, yeah because Bandcamp on fridays i don't know if it's every friday but they announce it like specific fridays they don't take any sort of percentage out of the artist's fee so mm -hmm. you can literally go on there upload your stuff and then sell it and you keep a hundred percent of the of the money oh, nice. um, and so i've noticed a lot of artists take advantage of that like what they'll do is like maybe they've been sitting on like 30 tracks right like because they've been creating every single day while they're in the pandemic so they take like maybe five songs and put together this like unreleased ep that's only available on Bandcamp. like that's mm. the only place you're gonna super be super smart and not only will you get the EP, but you'll get like, maybe they're also sitting on stickers or pins or they're sitting on shirts that they haven't been able to sell because they can't get anywhere. So now you package it together. Now you got like this unreleased EP that's never gonna be on streaming. You got this shirt that will run out after this year because right. I'm gonna, you know, you got these pins and you got these stickers and now I'm gonna package it together and sell it for like 15 bucks. Mm. and i'm gonna keep i don't have to worry about any cut because i'm gonna keep all those 15 dollars for me because i'm selling it and it can only be purchased this friday right like creating that exclusivity especially if you start having already a pretty core fan base is going to drive people there because right. whatever you know we're we're always like we're always suckers for wanting to be the ones who have like one of ones or right 100 you know, like, like, you know, even me, like I, I, on the side, like I collect sneakers. Right. And so 
I have these pair of Jerry Rice like Nike trainers that only released like a certain time and I was able to get them. And so now I'm like, like I'm the only one with these. Like right, I'm, right. I'm it creates a feeling. It definitely yeah. creates a feeling when you're exclusive, when you're part of that small circle. Yeah. Like, and so, and so I think that's one way. Patreon's another way. I mean, you could set up a, 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 a Teespring or a Printful account and just create new merch. Um, there's, there's, a few different ways that you can be creative with it right now. Um, and then, and then the live, the, like the IG live shows with like tips. I oh yeah. I think that's a, a slept on way right now is that artist. I have a friend who is an artist and he's from Virginia and he moved out here for a little bit. And when he moved out here, I talked to him and I was asking him cause he wasn't doing a job. He was doing straight music. So I was asking him like different ways. Like, what are you doing to like, you know, have a source of income. One thing he was doing was he was going on, um TikTok live and he built a good following on there he was making his content around that stuff and um he was going on live and people were donating to him and he was getting like a good amount of money each each uh each he would do it every day but he would each week he was getting a, a good amount of money and then on top of that which was really cool which I was going to have him come on here as a podcast and kind of talk about this on his own but mm. he goes on fiverr and he ghost writes for people mm, yes he'll go, he'll go and he'll write literally songs for people and he and he was showing me the songs he was writing he was writing in the perspective of a woman like imagine like writing for cardi b he was doing that uh for different artists and stuff and he was making a really good amount of money for doing, i think he charged like 250 a person or something like that yeah uh, that's that, that's a super gem right there because yeah, a lot of are not doing that yeah that's shit that, i mean that 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 will definitely get you a good amount of, of revenue but yeah I, I i like those tips that you give because people sleep on the fact that bundling merch and then on top of exclusivity like any think about like if you buy something for like cymatics or something they're giving you like a special usb for a limited time only or like they'll tell you like limited time only whenever you buy something that exclusivity is super important and rappers can definitely take advantage of that when yeah. releasing like merch or eps that Bandcamp uh gym was a, a good one so I appreciate those gems, man, for sure. Yeah, no, um, there, there. I think, I think, just uh, now that you mentioned that, like, there's, there's another, like, rappers can send sell their like vocal chain templates. Like, oh, if you engineer like your own stuff, mm -hmm. and you have like a pretty decent like you know skill set. Like, you could definitely send your sell your own vocal chain template. Um, uh, even like, yeah. So that that that's that's like a different one for that, sure. And I I also haven't seen people do. Because a lot of times, like when they're when they are like recording at home, that's something that they that they have to do. Yeah, for sure. That's a that's a good one too as well, and that saves a lot of people time. That's solving yeah. the pain point. So that's that's a yeah. good one for sure. So what are some? You know, we talked about you know your you're able to post a lot. You're ba you're basically very um, very consistent. And I was going to ask, what are some ways that you can stay consistent? Because I don't know if people know, but you have not only one kid, you have three. I have one child, so Try to manage music on top of having one child with family life and everything like that is already hectic. What are some ways that you do to manage your time? Because you have twins, right? And then you have a son, right? Yeah, yeah. And the twins uh, are very young, so I know it's a it's a it's a it's a tough time. So how do you manage that? Like, what what's that look like? It's well, it's definitely taking a whole lot of time trying and failing different things. Right. Um. Uh. Like. First and foremost, I gotta like give a huge shout out to like my wife because she's like she's a huge support um uh, in terms of of my music and and a way that she was able to do that for me was that you know we sat down actually together and we 
kind of set up a schedule that worked for us because mm -hmm. ultimately like the reason why I'm I'm doing music independently is so that I can create my own source of income and then spend time with the family mm -hmm. um, you know and so I think for me I, I had to create just a list of of ideas um, so that I could I could really put put those out um, but in terms of my scheduling, like usually throughout the day, I'm with my son because he's doing like the, the online learning um, because of the, because of COVID. And then from three to like six, I'm usually working three to six, three to seven. I'm like usually working on music and then I'll, well, not seven, like three to six, work on music. After I'm done with music, I go upstairs, have dinner with the family, put all the kids to sleep. And then from like, nine to like eleven thirty. like I'm also still like usually that's when I'm making beats that's when I'm like you know doing other stuff in the morning I'm usually even when I'm working even when I'm with my son I'm usually answering emails for either music or like work because I do still have like my regular nine to five job um, and so I think that I had to create a, a very strict schedule for myself. And for a while I had a calendar here in my studio mm -hmm. where it had everything that I had to do. Um, and now I kind of just have it here in this like notepad where I like write stuff down um, and I keep it next to me so I can like check stuff off. I'll write it in my, um, my notes app, like just different things that I have to do for that day. So I, I definitely write things down in order to keep myself accountable. Um, because if, if not, then I usually just slack off, <laughs> For sure, you know, man. like it's very easy to slack off. It is, man. Yeah. I had, I had to, I had to do something similar to that too. I have like a, a notebook that has like a calendar in it and like my goals for the, the, the year or the month or whatever. And then, uh, like the tasks that I have to do, um, that day. So that, you know, that's a big gym. Cause I feel like people, I, th that, that question was more for me, but I'm sure there's other people who can relate. I have producer friends that are on you know my instagram and stuff who are fathers or, or rappers as well who are fathers and that time management is a hard thing because like you're drained from work and then you have to spend time with the family and then trying to balance all that with on top of music you could get lost in the sauce and just like give up music or for a little bit and then oh yeah you know, you know change the course of your focus but yeah i think that getting that experience from someone like you is definitely helpful for me because like that's something that I've always had problems with, with like, especially within like, I would say like earlier in the year, mm -hmm. uh, it was getting crazy. And then like, obviously during COVID, uh, it's, it was really crazy because uh, I have my wife here and stuff like, or my fiance here. So we're both working from home, trying to take care yeah. of the kid and try to balance everything out. So it gets crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I think for me, again, like I'm, I'm definitely all about setting goals for myself. Um, because like you were saying, like, you get lost in it. And then the only person keeping you accountable is yourself. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like nobody's going to come and like yell at you because you didn't post a beat that day or because you didn't post a piece of content that day, you know, it really falls all on you and how disciplined you are in terms of sticking to something that you set. Um, and I'm not saying I was this dis disciplined and I still, I'm not perfect at it. Right. But it's definitely taken me about a year, maybe a year and a half to get to this point where I feel like, okay, this is where I'm taking, this is the time that I'm doing this. This is the time that I'm doing that. Um, and so for me, I, I set my goal where it's like, okay, I'll drop three 
three beats on YouTube every week. I'll drop three new beats on BeatStars every week. I'll post four carousels a week and maybe like two to three like uh, reels or videos, you know, like that. I, I had to set those numbers for myself so that I could mentally like check off like, okay, like I did this, I did that, I did this. And then sometimes I'll do them. Um, I'll do multiple in a day. Like if I have more time and I've done like kind of what I've already said I was going to do, um, I'll do more. Right. Like I'll, I, I usually don't stash ideas. Like I'll usually like, I'll write them out and kind of map them out. But let's say I have all that and I'm like, Oh, I have this other idea of this reel or I have like this picture that I can post or I have this other beat video that I can post. Like I'm going to post that today. Right. Mm. So it, it, it's, it's definitely like, and there's always the, the debate of quality versus quantity. Um, but I think if you can post enough high quality work at a high quantity, then it's going to either way, like reflect your brand in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. And, and yeah, I think, I mean, these are things that you can see even like professional marketers do, right? Like they create a bunch of high quality pieces of content or music um, because bottom line is if you want to be, uh, I guess, a really dope rapper or a dope producer, like you have to produce or make really dope high quality work. Yeah. Um, that's one thing like for a fact, like you have to do. And obviously some people may be starting out and it might not be there yet, but I don't, what I would say is like, don't get discouraged, right? Like everybody started at one point, you know, like you're not going to be making these amazing songs right off the bat, right? Like your vocal chain might not sound the cleanest. Your, your, your mic might not be the best right now. And you can do a lot with a little bit now. And, and I remember posting about um, kind of like, how to make uh how to make a home a home studio like on a budget and i put a price point of like 350 dollars or something and it was very entry-level stuff entry-level microphones entry-level like focus right solo things like that like i knew it was budget stuff and and on one hand you had people who were like oh thank you this is what i was looking for and on the other hand you had people who were like this is all trash stuff you know? <laughs> like and i'm like I'm like, I'm not saying that it's horrible, you know, like it's not, obviously it's not the greatest, but somebody might not have $3,000 to invest in, in, in something at this point. Um, And on top of that, I feel like if you get your vocal chain, like, right, like you can make, like I was using the, the, the audio technica, it's like the AT2030 or AT2035, I think it is. It's like a $150 mic. Like I was recording people on it. And the fact that the engineering and the template and the, and the, the template that I had set up with my vocal chains, I had it the way I wanted it. I had it sounding like, like we released this stuff and it sounded very like professional. And so I think that's something that you can, you can do um, at a low, at a low entry point. All right. So what does the future of Adelante's music look like? What is the future of your brand and what goals do you have? Yeah, so I definitely, uh, I mean, one definite thing, and this is something that you and I are going to have to talk more about, is like sync licensing. Oh, yeah. Um, I definitely, like you, you, your posts and your videos and all that have like really like opened my eyes about that, that that's like legit uh, like source of income. So I definitely want to like learn more about that and try mm-hmm. and get some, some music of mine 
um, in that way. Um, I, I released a little while, I want to say like maybe two months ago, I actually released this shirt. Um, and that was kind of my first little venture into uh, clothing mm -hmm. and like merch. And then I got a pretty positive response from it. And so now I'm working with another graphic designer to kind of design a whole line of clothing, um, which is which is something that I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, a lot of people really like like the design. So now let me take it a step further, you know, and try and like, you know, it's not necessarily a streetwear company where it's or brand where it's going to be like sold in stores. Mm -hmm. um, even though that's definitely an option, it just takes a little bit more of upfront investment. Um, and, and with three kids right now, I don't, I don't got that sort of upfront investment. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, just like, I think clothing is definitely something where I feel like I, I can create a, a, an, an arm to my brand that mm -hmm. can also stand for what I believe in in music and what I believe in, uh, like the core of me and, and, and sell and, you know, sell that to um, people who I hope, I hope enjoy it. Um, but I think besides the clothing, besides sync, you know, like I'm, I'm constantly producing music. Like that's my, my main focus um, is going to be producing music as of today, which is Friday, November 6th, you know, depending on when people are watching it, like there's like two songs that I had my hand in that released today. Um, so I was super excited about that. You know, it's always, it's always exciting to when you get to release songs with artists that you've worked with and they get like, you know, it gets a positive response. That's dope, man. And so um, there's that. I think the, the another thing that has come up, which I haven't fully set up yet, but um, I will be very, very soon is again, these sort of like online consultations um, because there are a lot of people who have hit me up um, because of the carousel, because of the information that I've been, I've been providing on my Instagram. Um, and they just want a little bit more, right? Like they just want a little bit more concrete, like on Instagram, I can give you so much like, right. But there's a lot of, a lot of extra stuff that I have, whether it be, uh, in terms of how to, uh, write stuff off for your, or keep track of your finances for tax purposes. You know, mm -hmm. there's, there's stuff that I, that I know, um, which is, that's, that's actually a whole nother, because that's a whole nother job that I've had for years and years that I've, I've actually been and am a licensed tax preparer. Oh, snap. Okay. That's <laughs> and, so, and so I've, I've actually done taxes for some uh, local rappers in this area. And I'll tell them like, you know, like you, you just tell them, Hey, you can, have you spent money on this? Have you spent money on that? Has it been for your business? Then it's qualified as a business expense, you know? So a lot of people don't know that, you know, like for me, like when I report stuff, I'm reporting my gear, I'm reporting my VSTs and my annual like subscriptions to different websites or, you know, things because I use them solely for the purpose of my business. Um, and so that's one, that's another thing. So like the consultation piece is something that has come up recently because of the posts. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm, I'm definitely looking into offering that um, to to a bunch of like upcoming and independent artists. And, and a lot of times it's like, it's things that I like talking about. Like, it's really something like I didn't know much about going into it. Mm -hmm. uh, because I was like, Oh, I love 
you know, making music. I love making beats. I love putting, putting songs out. But there's that whole other side of like the business and the marketing that nobody ever really like sits you down and is like, hey, you need to know this, 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 and this mm-hmm. you know, in order for you to have like some shot at like having a sustainable because I understand that people can get become viral, right? Like I understand the power of social media and that, you know, one song can pop off, right? Like, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about Old Town Road, right? Like right. that that song now is used as an example of how a producer on Beat Stars can like blow up, right? right? Um, and there's multiple examples. That's one. That's probably like the most recent one that I can think of. Um, how like, you know, this guy... Lil Nas X bought the beat for like 30 bucks or something off of right. Beat Stars, recorded the song and then it blew up. And then now this producer is like working with all these other artists and stuff, um, which is great because I, I, I love the fact that there's a platform like that available to producers. Um, but I also want to look at it in terms of a way that I know that because, I mean, the fact of the matter is like, <laughs> we're all getting older you know like and so and so there's gonna be a wave where like you know maybe we're you know down the line and and we it's not to say that we can't create music when we're older because again like uh quincy jones didn't make thriller till he was 50 right yeah i heard that i heard and so talk about that yeah yeah and so it's not to say that you cannot create music but i would want to create and set something up so that i can create music when i'm 50 right Mm -hmm. Or, or, or beyond, because I mean, he's still, you know, producing music, he's still writing and composing, like there's still producers who have set it up in a way that they still get to do what they love at an older age mm-hmm. and, and, and still love it and still be able to do it. And so I think that's what I, what, that's what I would want. And that's kind of like what I've been kind of grinding it out, trying to like lay the foundation and lay it like strong enough to where I can start building on on like different pieces of it because I remember for like the first year and I and I still I still have people who kind of like joke about it I used to like well one my videos were me looking like a straight robot talking like (laughs) hello welcome to my page you know like and and I look back at those and I'm like dang like you know and it's funny because when I when I was part of the um the 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 Curtis King TV like community mm-hmm. um, when that was going on you know we'd get on there and critique videos and critique like posts and stuff like that um, constructive criticism right and so I remember Curtis at one point he's like bro he's like you're so close to the camera all the time <laughs> he's like he's like you want to back up a little bit he's like you want to give people like you know like you see yourself and you're like bam like right there. <laughs> um, and so I was like, oh, okay, good to know, you know, yeah. and, then another, and then another thing is like, people will still kind of joke because I, I used to start every video the same way, like, hey, this is Adelante of AdelanteMusic.com, right, that literally for a whole year straight, like every video that I posted started with that, and I knew at the time, as, as I guess, as repetitive as it sounded, the fact that I still have people repeating it to me, like two, three years later, I just tell them like, it worked. It did. You know, like I yeah. said it so often that it worked. It stuck with you for, for, 
for better or for worse. Like right. it stuck with you in one way or another, but it worked. Um, and then, and then, yeah. So I think definitely like moving forward, I'm excited to just produce more music. I'm always looking for new artists to connect with. I'm always looking for new artists to like work with. Um, unfortunately, I don't run as many studio sessions. Like it's, it's very, if it's actually like non-existent at this point because mm -hmm. of my time constraints. So a lot of people do hit me up and they're like, yo, do you run studio sessions? And I don't um, right now, right? Because I, I, I just don't have the time. Um, but I am always open to working on people's album in terms of engineering it, um, which I have done. I've, I've engineered like two different albums that, are come, that have come out so far. I've engineered songs. I've engineered like, I just worked with this guy here locally in the Bay. He sent me like 10 tracks and, and I engineered them and you know, like it's a constant back and forth. So, you know, like I'll send him a version and he'll say, you know, he'll ask me for some edits and I'll do that. So it's just definitely the communication thing. Um, so I think I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm excited for, for new music. I'm excited for new artists to connect with. I'm excited for, you know, this clothing thing, um, helping artists out in terms of like their, their marketing, um, whether it be like rollout, like album rollouts or, or Instagram kind of connecting with, with their fans and stuff. I think it's something that I've been able to learn and um, utilize. And, and now I'm, I'm kind of in a space where I'm, I'm able to offer advice and, and support to other people who can, who can use it as well. For sure, man. You're definitely on the way to creating that vision. Like you're, you're doing a great job and you're informing. Like I said, I, I look at your post and I learned a lot that I didn't know as well. So it's always dope to see, you know, producers giving out as much valuable value as possible, especially to the artist community. And to, to end this, to end this uh, podcast, what advice would you give to your younger self or what advice would you give to like the younger generation? I would say like, like, don't wait, just go. Like, just go. like literally, I think us as as creatives, and 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 this has just come over time of of talking with different producers and artists and singers and creatives and things like that. Just people, writers, people who are in the creative space. Like, we all second guess ourselves. We all like like at one point or another doubt ourselves. Like we doubt ourselves on a constant basis. Like. I'm producing a track and I'm like, dang, like, you know, when I first hear it, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. And then once I've heard it a few times, I'm like, dang, like, why did I choose that clap? Or why did I choose that like rim shot? You know, um, I, I would just say go. Like a lot of people are focused on perfectionism um, and, and to a degree, yes, you want to perfect your craft, but you put in the work and you fail enough times and you pick yourself up and you try new things and you learn more. And I feel like now I'm like at a place where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm doing, and, and, and I lose vision of it, right? Because you're so, you kind of get tunnel vision at, at certain points, right? Like you're so in it that you then look back at like where I was a year ago or where I was two years ago when I was flying to, um, and I don't think, I, I think you, we mentioned that you were there, but we didn't actually meet to the, at the first uh, producer power uh, conference. Oh yeah, for, for people who didn't know, I didn't mention this in the podcast yet, but me and Atalante, we went, 
Adelante. I don't know why I always mess it up. It's, I mix it with Etalentes, dude. I, I don't know why. But uh, we met at Curtis King. He had uh, the Music Producer Power event. It was a live event. He went there. He had Busy Works piece at the first one. And then the second one, um, he had a San Diego. And he had Lifestyle Did It. Mm-hmm. And Rustland? Rustland, yeah. Yeah, there. And we were both at both of them. I think we're the only two, maybe. I don't know if that's true or not. At, the, at both of them. So mm-hmm. I was at the first one, we didn't see each other. And then the second one, we, yeah. I, was, I recognized you. But yeah, go ahead, you were saying. Yeah, no, so I think, I think I remember I was, I was so nervous going to that first one. Like, cause mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, it was like, I was, I was brand new into like this producer community, right? Mm-hmm. Like I had always kind of been doing stuff on my own, but I had never really opened it up to this like producer online community. and one that had already been going for a while you know like people knew each other people had worked together people had done stuff together and so for me coming into it i was like oh i was like i was hella nervous and it's like i'm flying to anaheim i don't know anybody down here like i'm just going out here on a whim and and trying to just connect and you know talk with people um and even then i remember being there and i had to like really force myself to go and like talk to people <laughs> yeah <it was laughs> because i'm so way. used to like when i'm in a new space or when i'm like uncomfortable or when i'm nervous it's like i like revert into like this quiet like space exactly bro i do know? the same thing yeah and so and so i feel like i had to like really push myself to like step out of that comfort zone and be like you're literally only here for like four to six hours like you cannot leave here and not talk to anybody, <laughs> you know? Sure. So, so I, I remember I, I connected with like, I want to say like four or five different producers that were there. Um, and we kept, kept in contact afterwards. And then over time I met, I met you. I saw your name pop up a lot. RMC's name pop a lot, uh, pop up a lot. I met Danny and John um and so uh or shout out to all of them john yeah. the dreamer shout out to you know, by Danny, john the dreamer and yeah, like i met i met them actually through like uh the curtis king community um and then we just kind of kept in contact after that and so little by little it just started building these like relationships and these friendships even though it was through social media like you just start creating these 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 networks of of people that you can kind of like reach out to if you have a question um and then And then, yeah. And then I feel like now being here and being able to like have this, this experience of like, this is what I, what's worked for me. And I know going into it, like my, my experience is not going to be the same as somebody else's experience, right? Like somebody else may have a lot quicker success than I have. Somebody may have taken a little bit longer. Um, But I feel like the, pieces of content that I've been posting um, and, the, and, the, and the advice that I've been giving is they're concrete things that if you can stick to it on a consistent basis, like you're, you're following in your brand and your music and, you know, whatever it is that you set your goal for can really like begin to, to move forward. Like it'll actually start to kind of turn the wheel. For sure, man. All, all it takes is that consistency. I appreciate you coming on here, man, and, and talking it up with me. You definitely dropped a lot of gems, definitely dropped a lot of useful information. So I appreciate that. Tell people where they can find you and that's going to be it. All right. Yeah. Well, you can definitely find me on Instagram, um, adelantemusic.com. That's A-D-L-N-T-E music.com. 
Um, I also have, um, you can find me on BeatStars on the same thing. You can find my website, same thing, same spelling, adelantemusic.com. Um, and so I think, uh, yeah, like you can, you, like literally all my social media is the same. Like nice. <laughs> it's, all, it's all Adelante Music and then my website's adelantemusic.com. So if you just search that up, there's, uh, you'll, you'll find me. <laughs> Perfect, man. All right, man. Thanks again for coming on here. I'm going to end it right here.